Hey guys, it's your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. And before we get started today, I just want to give you a quick heads up and a reminder that if you're going to be at Western Veterinary Conference this weekend in Las Vegas, please stop me if you see me around and tell me that you listen to the podcast. It would mean the world to me, and I'd love to meet you. I will be speaking there. So if you want to see the live version of the podcast, you can. On Monday, February 18th at 4 p.m., it's a one hour. I'll be talking about bonding the modern pet owner, client loyalty in the age of Uber. And then next day, Tuesday, February 19th from 2 to 4 p.m., I've got back-to-back 50-minute lectures, 10 steps to building a culture of compliance. I'll be uh, co-presenting with my friend, Dr. Dan Markwalder. He owns 16 practices in Chicago. Our combo uh, discussion is, is really cool, and it's really useful, and uh, it's really about the rubber meeting the road and getting clients to take the best care of their pets and you getting to practice the medicine that you want to. It's, it'll be a good talk. It's worth your time if you can make it. You won't regret it. I'd love to see you there. This week on the podcast, we're talking about something that's near and dear to my heart, life balance and what to do when you're trying to get it and your boss is rolling eyes and gnashing teeth. Getting excited about self-care is super easy. Getting the people you work with to let you do it. Yeah, that's a different story. Let's talk about that. Here we go. And now the Uncharted Podcast. All right, so we are back. It's me and Stephanie. Don't go chasing waterfalls, Goss. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. In the lakes that you're used to. That's sage advice. <laughs> yeah. Are these? We have microphones now. We have microphones. We're we're hitting the we're hitting the big time. We are. Such, I don't know that they're working, but we're talking into them, and I feel more important than ever. We are we are legit. We have we are, uh, we have, our 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 audience is exploding. It's not just your mom anymore, right? <laughs> we've we've expanded beyond my mom and your wife. That's totally. It's not it's not Patty and Allison. It's <laughs> we have tens of fans. <laughs> and you know you know the anchor gang is out there is out there listening to us and uh, they're they're loving it. But it it has been expanding beyond the anchor gang. I it hear is. the anchor gang is shooting fish in a barrel. So. The, uh, for those who don't know, the Anchor Gang is the Uncharted community. Uh, super, super ridiculously supportive, positive people who are just amazing, and and they got your back, and so um, and they got our back, and they it's are. Just, it, they're amazing. So they are. Know. But but thanks guys for listening. We're we're hearing some great feedback, and we're super excited to start to talk about some of the issues and some of the things that you guys are facing in your clinic. Yeah, so we've got um, we've got a couple of things uh, lined up coming down the pipes that are coming from from people out in the world, and um, let's just get into that. So sounds good. I had I had an interesting conversation yesterday, and it went like this: uh, there was a young veterinarian, and what her exact words were: when I mention life balance, my boss's eyes roll so hard. I mean, it's <laughs> painful to watch. <laughs> I'm I'm picturing her boss right now, actually. Oh, yeah, and I, you know, my, you know that person, right? You, you know exactly, exactly who she's talking expect. about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but I don't. I really don't. I think it's easy to picture like the old white guy, like you know, ex cattle vet. Like that's easy. But let's be honest. Like 
it's rare to find bosses that, like there's a it's not hard to find bosses who say yeah life balance is important and things like that but when the rubber meets the road it's it's hard to look at your boss who's being like please help me and say i have you know i just i have to have life balance like that's hard conversation do you agree for sure for sure i i think that uh i think that boundaries and balance are two of the things that are some of the biggest struggles for, for veterinarians and, and for veterinary staff. I think that it's, um, you know, we're all here because we care and we're super compassionate people and we're the first ones to put ourselves, ourselves last. So I can totally see that reaction when you, when you said, Oh, her boss is, is rolling her eyes so hard. Like I immediately flashed to practice owners that I've worked with who would have had that, that same reaction, amazing people who loved me, who loved what I did for the practice, but who would have had that exact same reaction. Oh yeah. I, I, I think we all, I think we all feel that way in the moment. So, okay. So let's lay a couple things on the table. Life balance is wildly important. Like we've got a serious burnout problem. We've got a serious depression problem. We've got a serious suicide problem. Really the game in vet medicine to be good, a part of the skills you really have to develop. And I'm, I'm serious about this. You have to be efficient in your recharging. Like you have to figure out your strategies to get away and recharge your batteries and come back. And it really goes back to what's really hard about vet medicine. And it's not it's not the physical work. It's not the hours that you're there. I don't even think it's the emotional stuff like like the five euthanasia day, which is obviously it's emotionally hard. Right. But the thing that really gets you, I think, it's the grind. It's just you know, 10 weeks, six weeks, four weeks of just, you know, even, even you got, you got weekends, but you've got these cases that don't go away and, you know, and you're just, and you're working through them. They're just communication. You're going, God, I'll never get out from under this. And it's just the, the medical records at the end of the day or what it's just, and it just grinds you down and there's no end to it. And that's, that's the hard part. So for those things, you've got to be able to break and recharge. And, and I feel like that's the strategy that we, everybody needs to be working on. But that said, there, there's a couple things. You know, what you said, we are we are savers. We are fixers. We are helpers. We are compassionate people. We empathize really well. And that makes us great at being a, a vet. It makes us really crappy at having personal boundaries, first with, with pet owners, but then also with, with, our, with our team, especially if we, if we love our team and we want to back them up. God, that makes that really hard. And the other part is the culture of vet medicine. You know, like we came from James Harriet roots, and that's the romantic vision that we have. And when people call you, you go. Like, right. Get right. it done. And yeah, all things, all, all, things all, all things to all people, right? We still celebrate those those values. And I don't think that should go away. I just think we need to, we need to have our eyes wide open about what it is and how we do it. And so let's talk about some strategies for talking to the boss about life balance or even talking to the team. And yeah. um, I, I, first of all, let me, let me say it. I don't think the boss that rolls their eyes about life balance is, is bad. I think we can all sit back and go, oh, this is important. Until you look at the schedule and say you've got three vets at your practice and then um, it's Friday and it's booked solid and there's two vets that are scheduled and then one of them has, gets the flu and the other vet goes, oh, crap, I have two vets worth of appointments. People are going to be walking in on top of us. We've got staff scheduled. Let's ask the third vet if she can come in and cover this Friday. You know, um, and if she doesn't, I don't know what we're going to do. This is going to be bad. We're going to cancel these appointments. Or am I just going to try to get it done? You know, like p- 
people have those thoughts. And then it's, it's really hard when you reach out and go, I'm terrified. We're going to get crushed tomorrow. And the person goes, yeah, but I, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm painting. I've got a painting thing that I'm doing. I'm doing a wine and paint with my friends. Um, and you're like, I'm going to, you're picturing the person reaching out is catastrophizing, which is a really common thing, especially for us leaders and managers, veterinarians. We are imagining the worst possible scenario. You know, we are imagining every irate client we've ever right. had in the building That's at the same like time. Yeah. It's <laughs> just totally going out. And then like, like we're having, we're having a panic attack essentially. And so that's the headspace that we're in when we're asking this person to come in and, and um, Hey, head technician, I know you're supposed to be off, but man, I, I need you. And so, so let's forgive those people for that. And if you were the person making the crest, I think uh, there's, I think we could have a whole nother conversation about, about, about the person that asked. That. But let's talk about when you get asked. The first thing that I, that I want to really hit on and hammer on is this. When it comes to life balance, I think we talk too much about it instead of just doing it. And when I say is talk too much about it, I mean you don't have to tell people that you're not available because of life balance. You know, you're not you don't have to tell people you're not available because you need to recharge or that, or that you're just you're just toast. You don't have to tell them that because they don't take that very well in my in my experience. So I, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, uh, this veteran says my boss, he rolls his eyes so hard when I say life balance. And maybe just don't say life balance. You know, um, the, the phrases that I use a lot are um, I'm not available. I have appointments. I have commitments. I've got some personal stuff I have to handle. Or if I'm out of town, I'm out of town. I'm not going to tell you I'm at the beach with my friends. I'm not tell you that I'm, I'm at the beach with my family. I'm out of town. And I feel like that's important. I feel like it's more important if you don't have kids because I can say, oh, I'm at the beach with my family. And people go, oh, well, his family. Right. Well, the truth is my recharge time is no more important than the single person who still needs that time, but they just can't justify it by like, oh, I, I can't let the children down. Right. They don't have the justification. So the first thing I'll say is don't get into it. You know, if you are scheduled and you've committed to certain things and, and you have been told this is your time off, then that's the agreement that was made. And you don't have to defend that. I would, I just don't get into the reasons. I don't tell people I have yoga class. I don't tell them I've got, I'm, I'm painting. I don't tell them, you know, that I'm just, I'm just sitting at home. I am committed. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that that is, um, I think it's really true. I think, you know, using, using the buzzwords and, um, you know, talking about work-life balance, I think that's where it's really easy for us to roll our eyes some somewhat I think out of guilt because we know that that's a thing we know we should be doing it and we feel guilty because we're we're not so great at it um so I think that that's probably a little bit where some of that that comes from and I I think you're right I think there definitely is um a divide too especially on the the family side and you know that that in and of itself could be a whole conversation but I think that that it's very easy for us to say you know oh I'm sorry I got to take my kids to the doctor tomorrow and I get okay no problem but if I said you know if a team member who was single said hey guys I you know I'm going to yoga class at 10 a.m and I said but everybody's out sick I really need you to cover there's a double standard there and I and I think that that's um you know not so fair one of the things that I've always tried to do as a manager um, is when I ask my team and I make the request and they give me their answer, that's their answer. There's no guilting. There's no shaming. There's like, oh, okay, thanks. No worries. We'll figure it out. 
I just had to try. And it's been interesting to me because I often get the blank stare or the shocked face or the, are you, are you sure? Like they, they, they're waiting for me to, to try and guilt them into it. But the, the reality is, is that we, we all have lives and we have to have those boundaries, especially for me as a manager, one of the, the reasons that I developed that and I really try and stick to that if my team says that they can't help me out, I respect that because they often don't get the breaks where they have multiple days off in a row. You know, the veterinarians, the, the managers, we're, we're really kind of lucky, a lot of us, because a lot of us um, have the, the power to be able to say, okay, my schedule is going to be four days on and three days off. And so you have a bit of a break to recharge. But for a lot of our team members, they're working, you know, three days on, one day off, three days on. And um, they don't have as long of a break. And so that recharge time is is extra important for those guys. And so that's their that's their simple way of trying to create boundaries for us. And if we can't respect that, we're going to just burn them out. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I think when you're getting asked to you need to keep sort of a healthy perspective, which means I don't think we should get upset at our boss for asking us if we can help them, like ask for help, like. I think that's, this that's is understandable. Like, I want you to ask me if I, you know, hey, can you can you bail us out? Like, right. And so I, I just don't I, I don't think that we should ever get to the point where we go, oh, I can't believe Stephanie asked me to do this thing. Like, <laughs> of course you ask because you needed help. So so you reach out. But at the same time, I think that we shouldn't feel that bad for saying no, <laughs> I, I can't. And again, um, you know, let's say that I'm, I'm just I've got some friends and my college friends are in town and we're going to the beach tomorrow. And and you're like, Andy, I really need you. I shouldn't feel bad for saying I would love to help you. I am out of town tomorrow. I'm really sorry. Uh, you know, it, do you need some names of some relief veterinarians or something like that? I'm not going to tell you that I'm at the beach with my college friends and I have every right to be at the beach with my college friends. And I planned on this. You know? right. So so I think it's I think it's the ability to forgive them for asking and forgive ourselves for saying for saying no. But again, I think we can unpack it too far. I think part of the reason that people, um, they roll their eyes is because we use life balance and we say, I'm not, I'm not going to do what you want. And nobody wants to hear, <laughs> I'm not going to do what you want. Even if it's totally understandable, we still, sure. we're, I think we're innately sort of self-centered and we're, we're all, we've all got these things we want to do. And so having somebody just be like, no, I think that that's hard. Um, the the other side of the coin that I think, you know, because people because right about now, there's some practice owners out there whose blood pressure is going up and they're like, <laughs> dang, this guy, he's telling my people to say no and not help us out. The other real reality here is you can say no and sometimes you should say no and you should protect yourself and you should recharge. Yeah. But at the other side, if you always say no, when people ask you for help you better expect that when your back's against the wall, when you're the one vet left after the other vet goes out sick, people are not going to rush to save your bacon either. You know, and, and so part of it is the culture that we build is, are we a culture that helps each other? Or are we a culture where I'm on the clock? And if I'm not on the clock, I'm gone and don't ask me for anything. Right. And I'm not going to tell you what's right for you, but I'm telling you that's the balance right there of I need to take this time. But I still want to have a positive culture where people look out for each other. And if I get in a bind, man, I want my I want my colleagues to come for me. 
And so that means I've, I've got to be there for them. And so that's the balance of, of forgiving yourselves and, and, and you know, and, and making these commitments and and not talking too much about why they are just like, I'm not I'm not available. I'm yeah. sorry. I, you know, I've got commitments. I, I think that that's I think that that's therein lies the balance. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I think there has to be some some give and take. And I think that that's a, a super valid point. Hopefully some blood pressures are dropping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? okay. but, but it's but it's true that I I've I've worked with that person, you know, the the one where um, every time somebody's sick or the hit by car walks in the door at 430 and they're like, no, I got plans. I got plans. I got plans. And then it becomes um it becomes a lot harder to want to put yourself out there for them when they ask for something. And if it does happen, what I have seen happen time and time again with teammates is it's done very begrudgingly. And then the chatter behind everybody's back starts and it's like, well, she never helps out. And I did this for her. And, um, you know, and that's, that's that kind of toxic, um, team behavior is is something that that I can't stand. So I think that it's I think you're right. You have to find that fine balance. There has to be give and take. Or another way to look at it is if if you're at a place in your life, you're at a season in your life where you have hard boundaries, you um, you have stuff going on outside of the practice and you know that the hours that you're there, those are the hours that you have to give and you can't give anymore. Then I think another way to look at it is how can you find a team structure and a team dynamic that is going to be supportive of that? Because it may not be the small team practice where there's only four of you. And if somebody's out sick, you got to, you got to have each other's backs. Um, you know, you we're, we're in winter, it's flu season, everybody gets sick, right? And so you have that two week period where you're all taking turns and catching up for one another because somebody's out sick. If you have that, um, that if you're in that space in your life where you have those hard boundaries and you don't have any flexibility, then you might have to look at it from the big girl perspective and say, I might need to be in a situation that is not this one because I it's not fair to me and it's also not fair to my teammates. So sometimes you have to look outside of yourself too, I think. Oh, I agree. I think um, on the practice side, having systems in place that embrace the reality of I don't want to burn my people out. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times we just, we have one, we have, a, we have a couple of really rock stars, right. In the practice and our innate desire is to lean on them because they're the most efficient and they'll knock it out and we'll get this right. done. And you, you burn them out because they're getting asked for everything. You know, it, it really, it goes back to evolutionary biology as far as, you know, having that person that other people begrudgingly help and they're never available. Like we're hardwired to spot cheaters. You know, like we collaborate as long as it's good for me. But if I'm getting taken advantage of, I don't want to collaborate with you. And there's there's a great book. It's by Adam Grant. Um, he's at he's at Harvard. It's called Give and Take. And essentially he talks about, you know, who gets ahead in, in, in the world in business? Is it the givers? Is it the takers? And what he kind of comes around to is, is this. I think the term is conditional givers, but it's it's people who are giving. They give first, but they also pay attention to. Am I dealing with a giver or am I dealing with a taker? Because if I'm a giver and you're a taker, that's great for you. That's awful for me. So I want to be a giver. I believe in the abundance mentality and lifting people up. I'm not going to let you take me, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to keep giving and giving to you and you give nothing back. And so I think that's, that's sort of the flip side of, of life balances and being able to set those boundaries for yourself and then 
and then also participate in a way, you know, the golden rule, do unto others is like, you want people to come and help you, you, you got to be there for them. So I think people get, they get, they get really in trouble because what happens is we end up, we end up getting, we end up getting slammed, right? Or, or we just, I think we all come around and life balance becomes a thing when we're at the critical point. You know what I mean? It's yeah. rare for us to look ahead and be like, oh, I, you know, I, I perceive yeah. in a couple of months, this will be a lot. Everything <laughs> is theoretical, you know, until it's a week away. And then you're like, oh crap, I'm going to get right. killed here. And so one of the things that I see that I think has sort of poisoned the term life balance in some ways is we're just busting our butts, right? And we've got we've got family stuff or kids stuff or we've got personal stuff or we've committed and we're doing well, some some relief shifts, you know, in the weekends to make ends meet or, or, or the holidays are on us. We're trying to do family stuff and we're also committed at the clinic and what we got all these things and we just get killed and we bail, you know, we're, and, and we use life balance as an excuse. We go, oh, crap. I, I can't do this and I'm stressed and I'm not sleeping, which is all legitimate and it's all true. And then we say, then we back out of things or we cancel things and say, I can't do this. Right. And I think it's obvious why that ticks people off. And I think that that gets us in trouble because I think a lot of times we hold up this the shield of life balance. Like I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come. Fail. I'm not going to come. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, I know I told you I would cover for you tomorrow right. on Saturday, but I really I really can't do it. Um, I really need this time off. And if you've ever, you know, traded days with someone, you said, I need coverage. And they said they would do it. And then later, like the day before they go, I can't do it. Right. You know, that panic and that fury and like that emotional lashback. And so, you know, I, I just think it's important to, to figure out how, how life balance kind of works, too. And, you know, you need to protect your personal space and your time and your and your mental health. At the same time, that's different with setting boundaries and saying, I'm not going to be able to do this. That's different from saying you're going to do something and then bailing out. Right. Because that's that's breaking promises or that that's a lack of discipline. It's not life balance. If I say you can rely on me. Oh, wait, no, you can't. My friends are in from college you know, and, and I'm out. Right. And so that's like, that's like speeding, you know, and you recognize you're in a bad place. And so you just grab the handbrake in your car, you know, like that's a, it's an extreme reaction. And sometimes, and let me make this point here. If you're at the point of clinical depression, if you're thinking about suicide, things like that, pull that handbrake. Yeah. You know, you are too important. Do that. And the, per- the person may get really mad, but if we're talking about your life, yeah. heck yeah, do that thing. Otherwise, I think it's really important to sort of take a different different view on life balance than what we usually talk about. And I don't I don't like the term life balance because it implies that like every day you're supposed to get this much time in the clinic, this much time with your family, this much time exercising, this much sleep and give this much to the community. And if you don't have that exact mixture, then you've failed. Right. And I think a lot I think a lot of us I think a lot of us at the end of the week, we feel like we failed as a veterinarian because we didn't do this thing. We didn't stay late and do that surgery. We didn't pick up that extra shift that the person asked us about. We feel like we felt as a parent because we were late getting our kids from daycare and we were busting our butts and we were exhausted when we get home and we've been on all day long. And we just, it's just real hard to get up and put on the show for our kids and be there for homework and really be present. And we failed as a spouse because we're not getting, you know, not getting dinner cooked or you're like, whatever the thing is that you're at your house or, or again, I'm not being emotionally, or I get the kids, I put on the show for the kids and really am there for them. And then I put my kids in bed and I'm immediately done. And my wife is like, Hey, uh, 
let's let's you and me visit a little bit and hang out. And I'm like, I, you know what? I'm just, I'm not, I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, so, so that, I, that's why I don't like that term life balance. And I, I don't think that you can look at it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think you have to try and look at it cumulatively, cumulatively. Cause I think when you're right, I think you really, hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you started talking about that, I mean, we all know I'm the crier, right? So, but I mean, immediately the tears started because that's, that's how we often, I know that's how I often feel at the end of the day. It's like, you know, you, you, you're thinking about the things that didn't go right. You know, I didn't take a, I didn't take a pee break. I didn't eat lunch today. I had, you know, clients that I didn't call back. I have charts still sitting on my desk that I need to look at. I've, um, you know, I, I was late again for picking the kids up and, and we get into that cycle of just beating ourselves up. And I think it's important to look at it over the course of the the week or a month when you take a little bit of a, um, step back from being in the middle of it in the day, it's like, okay, so that might be true, but it's easier to spot the things that did go right. I had a great case this week. You know, that client interaction was really awesome. I, you know, yesterday took my kids to the pool for an hour and we hung out together. It's, it's a little bit easier to have that perspective. And I, I think that's so important. And I think that, um, I think that it's one of the areas that, I really like to to challenge teams to kind of look at how can you build the systems and the structures to support that kind of conversation more in our practices? What are we going to do to make sure that we all get a lunch break today? You know, even if it means somebody runs out and gets sandwiches and we, we eat while we're, you know, taking care of the patients that are on the floor, what, what kind of systems are we going to put in place to truly support each other so that no one person feels like they are the failure at the end of the day. Cause I think no. that's, that's too common. Something that happens to all of us. No, I agree. I, I think, well, I think building a culture of grabbing onto the positive moments and holding onto them. I think that's important. I think we all suffer from that of, you know, we do these amazing things and we just support families and we're, we're emotionally there for them. At the end of the day, all we remember is the person who was mad at us because they waited a half an hour to see us. Right. That's all we got. And I think individually we need to, to grab onto those things and, and ask ourselves what went well today. And it's cheesy. My daughter uh, goes to camp and the thing that they do at camp, what she's brought home is – They'll talk about their rose, their bud, and their thorn. Have you have you ever had anything like that with your kids? Oh, that's cute. It is. I, it's like, and that. so the rose is like, what was good about today? The thorn was like, what was hard about today? And the bud is, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? And I'm like, <laughs> that. And so we'll, I mean, it's so cheesy. And, but it's like the kids are growing up. I love it. I'm going to, like, we keep doing it. I imagine me with my my 14, when she's 14, I'll be like, what's your rose? And her <laughs> eyes will roll so hard. It will be, it will be amazing. Wait, but, you mean her eyes are not already rolling at you? Oh, my seven-year-old is Seven sassy. rolling on 17? Oh, yeah. She's, she has got the sass. It's already. But, um, but, but she I, feels like she owns it, so that's it. But it, it's, it's sort of, you know, it, it, it's about building that culture. Like, we're, we're super, um, we hold on to the positive. Like, we find it together and we celebrate each other because individuals don't, don't celebrate themselves like they should. And we should all work on that. But I think as a team, being like, hey, guys. We celebrate. We call out the good stuff because we know we're going to get called out on the bad stuff. Like that's the angry person who's going to call right. us. Right. So let's 
let's sell a, let's let's pat our own bats and blow our own horns for the good stuff. And the other the other part of that is you know you were you know you were sort of saying we need to look at the at the week or the month as far as life balance and how we're doing. I I go bigger than that. I mean I I look at I look at three months six months the year and and really I know that that seems crazy but but bear with me here. It's like I don't I don't like the idea of life balance. I think I think about this stuff as far as tides in the ocean, right? right. And so so there I it just it's, it works for me because we talk about life balance. But then we start having these things in our lives like we buy a practice. And guess what? When you buy a practice, you're not going to get a day-to-day beautiful balance. You're going to work your butt off. I mean, it's going to be a year, maybe two years of you really giving of yourself and you're taking this work home and you're working on it. It's the same thing as like if you went to vet school or tech school, like you busted your butt and you did not have a balanced life. And I feel like if we cling to this life balance idea, then you failed. You did did the wrong thing. And I would say, no, you didn't that's life. You know, it's like when it's planting season, the farmer works hard. And then later on, you know, we, we've got some, we've got downside. We get to, we get to reap what we sowed. And so I think about this stuff as a surging of the tides. And I I feel like you should forgive yourself and know there are times in your life, you are going to have high tide. You are going to get your butt kicked. And think about it. It's, you know, vet medicine is a seasonal business. Like every summer, the kids are out of school. People, uh, they're going on vacation. I'm a firm believer that the more time people spend with their pets, the more likely their pets are to be injured and need need medical attention. And so, (laughs) So, so they, so they flow in, you know, and it's just know that that's going to happen. And it's like, just, just try to plan for it. But, but just know like, Hey, I chose to do an internship and now I'm getting crushed. That's not failure. It's high tide. And, and if you take that analogy and you look at it, high tide is fine, but you need low tide. Like it, it, it needs to come and it may not come this week, this month, even this year, it may be three years. Like if you're a first year in vet school student and you're, you're waiting for low tide, it's coming in three years. Um, so, so yeah, like it's, it's not gonna happen, but, but here's, but here's the headspace, right? Um, if you're in a place in your career or in your life and it is high tide and it has been high tide for some time, and you look ahead, like you look down the road. Now I'm mixing metaphors. It's like, imagine there's there's a there's a beach and a road next to it, and you're looking down the road. <laughs> but if you look ahead and you do not see low tide coming, like even like you're like, I don't understand why next year is going to be different than this year. Right. I, I don't see it. That's a problem. Right. You know, that like you should not live in high tide. Right. You should. I, I think we can get through a lot. Just know, even if it's like, God, this is going to be a two, I've got two years left in vet school or two years left in tech school. And I'm working, you know, uh, a side job. And like, this is brutal. If you have that vision at the end, you go, this will pass. As long as you believe this will pass, I feel like that gives us a lot of strength to go forward. Yeah. Well, we know a lot of the things that come with depression and suicide and things like that is one of the driving underlying things is a feeling of hopelessness. Yeah. That's the hopelessness is you're like, I'm getting my butt kicked. It's high tide and it's not going to change. And so that's when we need to make the life balance changes, right? It's not that handbrake of me going, I just, I just can't work tomorrow, you know, or I just, uh, you know, I'm going to back out of this thing that I agreed to life balance for you. It happened three months ago or six months ago, right? right? It doesn't happen now that you're panicked and trying to figure out how to squeeze everything in your day. It happened three months ago when you said you would cover uh, at the emergency clinic 
and you agreed to be on the PTA for your kid, <laughs> and, you know, and you yeah. decided to teach a yoga class. Like right. that was life balance. And the problem was you were talking theoretically about months from now, and it doesn't look that intimidating on your calendar, but, right. but that that's when you're getting hammered. So the truth is life balance happens three to six months from now. And so a lot of times what happens is we get to this place and we're just crushed. Then we need to start saying no, know that it's going to be some time before the tide goes back down. There's no switch and the tide drops. Just know yeah. that. Yeah. But that, that helps me kind of get through, get through the day. So, I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, there's, there's a book, it's called uh, The Fringe Hours by Jessica Turner. And, uh, and, and I know Jessica through a, through a women in business connection. And she um, spoke at a conference that I was at and she talked about, really the the exactly what you were just talking about the idea that there are seasons in our lives and sometimes we're in a season where our butts are getting kicked our backs are against the wall we've taken on all of these things and that has to become your season of no that has to be where you say i've got these things i've made these commitments this is what i'm doing i can't add anything more to my plate because that's the moment where you drown. And she talks about it being okay to say, this is just not my season. I can't take on this new project. I can't, you know, now is not the time to decide we're going to go paperless in the clinic or, you know, change out our server system. It is okay to say right this second that doesn't fit. And how about we think about looking at that in six months or 12 months or whatever your, your time frame is and giving yourself the grace to really, be okay with that. And if you have built a team, if you have built a culture, like you were talking about where we care about one another, we have each other's backs, it becomes okay to say, I can't, I can't do that right now. Um, it's not my, it's not my season and, and really have everybody be okay of that and be free of, of that judgment. So, um, it was, it was kind of a, a game changer for me to kind of think about how, how can I, is it okay for me to say no? How can I do that? Um, and then also to think about the things that I can do with the time that I do have in in the busyness factor of the day and really maximize feeling like I'm getting something out of life that is making me happy, that it isn't just all the grind. What is that light at the end of the tunnel? Is it finishing vet school and feeling like you are accomplished? Is it the vacation that you've already got on the books for six months from now? What is that? What is that light at the end of the tunnel? There has to be that that hope there to some degree. And when you reach that spot, set your next spot. Where, where are you going next? What is your next light at the end of the tunnel that you can't, you can't have a light and then let that light go out. There always has to be something that you're, that you're moving towards and you're looking forward to. No, I, I, I love that. I think that there's two tools in life balance, like in really getting it done. And one is the reactionary tool of you, Stephanie Goss, call me at home and say, Hey Andy, I, I need you to, can you, can you work this weekend? Or, you know, whatever. Hey Andy, um, can you come in this afternoon and and, and do the surgery for us? And, may, and maybe I will and maybe I won't. We talked about balancing, you know, the golden rule uh, versus what, what do I what do I need? Um, that reactionary response is what do you say when the person asks you and how do you say no? And I think for a lot of us saying no, it's hard. And we can that's a that's a something we could talk about in the future is how do you say how do you say no? Because there's there's tips and strategies. So reactionary life balance when someone asks you and you respond that's a skill 
And it's something we should practice, we should think about. But the other part that I don't think people think about as much, and if you go back to the tides and looking ahead and sort of figuring out where you are and what life is going to bring you, there's a planning component to life balance. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for, um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of, of New Year's resolutions. They just, they just never work for me. But uh, I do believe in having an annual meeting with with me is with me is my wife is me my wife have it's it's very formal it's ridiculous <laughs> but um but we have a meeting essentially how how are things <laughs> and, and, and but you can you can have it with yourself it. And i think you should i'm but, la- i'm laughing just because i can i love it i absolutely can picture it <laughs> Oh, totally. No, my wife is a is a scientist. She's a badass scientist. That's one of my greatest accomplishments was marrying her. I definitely uh I definitely played out of my league when I when I when I landed Allison. There's no doubt. So, but but she's also very much a scientist. We sit, we sit down. She has data from the year. Like, like I plotted I plotted the graph of of my perception of your stress level, and you can see you break down about Wednesday every week. Right. <laughs> it's how like, so <laughs> I love it. So she's so she's probably like, okay, so you break down Wednesday of every week. So let's talk about how we can make some changes that's going to address that issue. Dude, that's exactly it. And this sounds ridiculous. It's true. Um, and, and this is the thing that I drive. So this is important to me because I um I want her happiness is important to me. Like you know, like like me being a good spouse, that's important to me, and 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 her being happy is important to me, and I know it's, uh, me being happy is important to her. And so, honest to God, at you know around the end of the year, um, at some point, we'll I'll just say, hey, let's have our let's have our check in meeting, and and I'll say, so 2018 is almost. And this is exactly what did happen. Uh, I said, so 2018 is almost in the bag. How uh, how was how was it for you? How was that for you? Uh, <laughs> It's always a dangerous question that you put out there. Um, but yeah, how, how was like, how was it for you? And you know, what did you think? What, what are we going to do differently next year? That's really the question. And and I started doing that because in 2016, guys, I really overcommitted. Like I, I, I was, I was, I was in a clinic a lot. I was on, I was traveling a lot for vet conferences and stuff like that. And the, the Dr. Andy Rourke webpage had, had launched that year. And I was doing the Conor Shane YouTube show. And you might've noticed I geared that gear that back over time and I enjoy it, but it's not, I, we just don't put out videos like we used to. And it was because at the end of the year, I was like, what did you, what did you think? And I knew what she's going to say. And she was like, that was Andy, that was hard. Yeah. And, and it was hard. And so we talked about what we were going to do less of and how we were going to do less and what I was going to withdraw from. And, and I, I stopped doing some things and stepped off of some sort of volunteer positions and things I was doing. And that, that's sad. I, I want to give those things up, but but that's the balance, you know, of stepping right. away. And so I, I, I think that there's, I think it's an entirely different skill of looking at your life and saying, I'm committed to this thing now, but I didn't commit to it forever. And maybe, maybe I won't be teaching yoga after X month. You know what I mean? And, right. and with, with the advisory board things, I said, guys, I'm going to rotate off next year. And it wasn't a, can I, it was, I've done this. I, I, I need to rotate off. And, yeah. and I did. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great way to look at it and I think it goes back to what we said which is that whether it's with your spouse um or it's with your team you have to work to create that culture where it's acceptable to care about each other and to say this is this is what I need what do you need and figure out where the middle ground is you know whether it's 
uh, you stepping off of some things, uh, you know, Allison saying, hey, I need you to be home to help with this thing, whatever that is, um, you you have to find that that middle ground where it's okay for the both of you or for your team as a whole to say, hey, you know, it's okay to call me anytime and say, can you cover because, um, you know, Susie's out sick today and have it be okay that the answer is, you know, I'm really sorry, I can't. And the conversation stops there. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no, um, you know, convincing somebody to do it because you really need them there. It's, it's okay. We'll make do. We'll get through. And at the end of the day, I know the next time it'll be just as okay for me to ask as it was, was that time. Yeah, no, you, you're, you're spot on. So yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's my whole spiel on uh, when the boss rolls his or her eyes at at life balance. (laughs) So we're going to stop using life balance as a shield. I, I, I mean, it, that sounds so bad to say is to say, but let me be, let me be real clear. I love life balance. I believe in life balance. We need to take care of ourselves. We need personal boundaries. Um, I'm a big believer that communication happens at the ear and not at the mouth. So should you be able to talk about your, your life balance? Yes, you should. Is that going to be the most effective way to live that life and get what you need? I'm not convinced that it is. It really depends on the individual and the culture that you're working in. But as we sort of talked about, you know, it takes a very emotionally mature person to be in a tight bind or to start feeling panic and to turn to you for help and to be okay when you say, I just, I just really, I need some beach time. Um, That's what you're saying is true. I'm not invalidating it. I'm saying is it is hard to hear. And I think most of us can imagine a a time in our lives when it would be hard for someone to say that to us. And so I think the answer is you do not have to give them that level of detail. You do what you think is right. Live the golden rule. Help build the culture that you want to exist in your practice, in your family, in your life. Um, But you don't owe anyone an explanation. If you say you're not available, if you say you're out of town, if you say you have some personal things you have to take care of, that can be yoga. That can be painting. That can be a hike in the woods. Like if that's your spiritual time, you don't have to explain it. And so just open yourself to the idea of I don't need to say this. And it's it's rare. And sometimes people will push back. They'll sort of say, well, what do you have going on? And I found that if that's the case, I say I have some I have some personal stuff. And and we and we go there. And people say that to me. Um. At some point, I think, oh, my gosh, is, is, are we talking about the woman doctor? And then I just back down real fast because <laughs> I don't want it. You know, I just don't I'm just I'm not going there. I'm not going to I will back away. And, and I think that that's a card that you, that, that m- most of our audience can play uh, if they have a, a male boss. So that that just that works on me. Uh, just so you know. Oh, my God. I love you. <laughs> it's, well, thank it's, you for that. It's, it's a it's a hard truth though. I mean, yeah, yeah. no, it is. <laughs> but the truth is, in, in all honesty, they don't they don't know. If you say I've right. got some, per- I look, I, right. I just I have some personal stuff. They don't know. They don't know if you're going to the beach. They don't know if you're getting if you're getting medical treatments. Right. They don't know if you're going to to marriage counseling. Like they right. don't they don't know if they have no idea. And it's not their right to to pry. And you don't have right. to tell them if right. you say I have personal commitments. I cannot be there. Yeah. You you can stop and you can do that up the power gradient. You don't yeah. have to 
tell your boss that up or, up or down and and be okay with that and also if you guys are sitting there and thinking well I can't imagine if I had plans where I wouldn't just tell my boss hey this is a thing I'm going to the beach with my friends if you're in that culture and that's your team great that's that's awesome we're we're not saying that you have to set boundaries that you don't feel like you need but there are lots of people who don't know how to have that conversation and not overshare that we want you guys to know that that you know that that's okay too to, to be able to either way up or down with your team, with your, with your practice owner, um, whatever, whatever is going to make you feel comfortable. And at the end of the day, help you have some of that, that balance and create those boundaries. Go for it. You have, you have every right to, and if you don't, you, you will, you will crash and burn. You'll hit that point where you're just like, I'm, I'm tapped out and that's not a good, a good space to be. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're good here. Thanks so much for taking time with me, Steph. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. So that's how our conversation went. I hope there were some pearls in there that you might find useful. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment and write us an honest review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about Uncharted, check out unchartedvet.com or find Uncharted Veterinary Conference on Facebook. And you can have a look at all of our online reviews while you're there. Until next week, remember that you're making a difference. Bye-bye, guys. See you later.